but first we should let everyone know that this is the Enemy Slime Podcast. Episode, what is this? 66. Six, six. So we're one, we're one six away. <laughs> this 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 satanic one. From revealing our true podcast motivations. <laughs> um, and I, I am your usual host, Jared. And uh, as usual, I have with me Mr. Doug Wilson. Hello. Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hello. And Jay Joseph Jr. Hi. And then Jay has brought along a special guest today. Miss Aubrey Mozino. Hey, what's going on? Perfect. She nailed it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Jay, do you want to explain what it is we're, we're doing today, uh, since it, it, it is your masterwork? So, I guess because um, the first quarter is always a miserable month for video games, we needed some other shit to do. Uh, <laughs> and we decided what better to do with the Oscars coming up than the Enemy Slime Oscar movie cast. Yeah, don't go out in the world and, like, actually do real shit. Just stay inside and watch more digital things. That's smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I'm fine with doing that in my life. <laughs> um, that's that's all right. the whole reason I got a job in the first place. Uh, that's all right. So, yeah. Yeah. so we didn't really talk about a, a format for this, but um, I have all the nominations and, and, and everything in front of me. Oh, so that's how you want to run it. Okay. Well, is that is that worth it? I mean, we're, we're we're primarily talking about the Oscars. Do you want to run through the nominees and talk about who should, um, you know, definitely not win? And but, I mean, I want to keep it as negative as we can. So well, well, well that's the industry anyway. It's all about yeah. rejection. So, but yeah, there you go. So um, and, oh, I guess I guess before well, we could we could run the format that way. I was I, I thought we would just kind of do it how we do the movie cast because we've never done. Um, a special awards run up before I get I don't I mean the game of the year but that doesn't really count no Let, one cares about that let's actually before we even do yeah, that sure. though why don't we talk a little bit more uh Jay about you and Aubrey just because you're the only two with actual film qualifications so maybe <laughs> okay. maybe you could explain why you're why you're here well I mean it's, it's, it's true sorry Lucio I know that that uh <laughs> I know that MFA that you earned last year is is uh you know important but Jay's is better well, sure. Lucy has an MBA, first of all. Oh, shit. <laughs> Turn that up. I read it wrong yeah. anyway. Well, that sounds but I, did, but I did do some training videos for Mastercard, but I don't think that counts. So, so an MBA is a, a master's in bad film art? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. That it, sounds, sounds it sounds useful. Accurate. All right. So, anyway. So, I, I, I guess I met Aubrey when I was in school, which she wasn't in school. Um She's an actress out and about in New York City and and doing big things, uh, starring on ABC and in features and all this shit. And I was still just doing stupid little exercises for class. Um, and I asked her, like, really out the blue, we used to have a casting website where we can go and find actors. You just put in a very basic description of what you needed, and it would generate a list. And then Aubrey was the first on the list. Come on. Um, what did you type in? I want to know. I, I I typed in I think I, I think it was just like female blonde between this and this height and I think that was it. That doesn't seem like an ideal like like way to describe it. Is Aubrey was just the first one on the list? Yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, well, well, it's really, true. It's, yeah, that's basically I'm really lucky. My name begins with an A. I think. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. The only well, thing, it, the only it, thing it could be better is if you could change it thing. to like A one. Yeah, it exactly. randomizes, so you never you never get the same search twice. So it'll always randomize um, who you see first, and that's just who it randomized first on the day, which was actually very lucky because I don't think I've stopped using Aubrey and stuff since. You know, she's um, 
so we met on that exercise, and then I think we actually didn't talk for a year. Um, <laughs> we had a falling out. Yeah, we had a, falling, a big falling out over that. Just that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> tread well is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So so then um, about a year later, I do this web series, like the zombie web series, and I invite Aubrey back to um, to basically be in it. I think I just kind of offered it up front. Um, and we did the web series, and then I guess that's when we really started to create that director actress bond that everyone has, you know, like Quentin Tarantino and Uma Thurman, and um, that's the only example I can think of. Martin but, Scorsese <laughs> and uh, female Robert De Niro. Yeah, there you go. James you go. Franco and Seth Rogen. Yeah, and Seth Rogen. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so that's when we started started that bond, and uh, we did Working Class Nightmare, and I. No, we did Black Eye, White Eye in between, and then it was Post-Winter. And Post-Winter was the short film, we talked about it before on the podcast, that I've been running around with um, from different little indie film festivals that just play shorts across the country. We've been to North Carolina, been to New York. We surprisingly haven't been to L.A. yet. Um, about to be in New Jersey and Atlantic City. Um, and she basically just carries the entire film. Like she's, she, star, she stars in it, and it's about her character. Uh, this girl named Lexington Winters, this homeless woman who sells drugs. And uh, I I feel like she hits it out the park. I don't know. So oh. um, I don't know if I hit it out the park as a director. But... Yes, you did. <laughs> Fishing for compliments. No, it's I, I, always yeah. a blast to work with Jay uh, as a writer, as a director, all around, you know, as a food companion, you know, yeah. any sort of format. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it works. It that's works. what I that food companions one I didn't know about. Food, food so companion. that sounds yes. That's yeah, yeah, we too. <laughs> he indulges my uh, my food uh, appreciation obsession. She's a great food companion because my appetite, like depending on what time of the year you get me, some people know me to have a gluttonous appetite, and other people know me to like eat like a bird. Um, so she's great because whenever I don't finish my food, she'll go ahead and clean my plate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like words for me. I don't feel guilty about coming to this restaurant and here's all the food I wasted, you know, because she's right there. So it uh, works great. All right. Well, good deal. <laughs> um, but I guess we were supposed to talk about actual qualifications because we have those. Well, I was I was going to I was actually going to ask Aubrey and I don't I don't know if this is a rude thing to ask an actress, yeah. but obviously we've seen you in, in Jay's hit films. Where else might <laughs> might we uh, find you on our television set nowadays? Uh, well, on Netflix, uh, there's a film that you can watch. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily, uh, the demographic, uh, that would be listening to this podcast. Well, uh, let's not, let's not jump to conclusions here. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> you don't know uh, It's called, it's a feature called Triple Dog, um, which is basically about, um, this game of Triple Dog Dare that goes horribly awry, murder, death mayhem happens uh that sounds exactly like our demographic escalating well, dares that kill someone that's actually <laughs> exactly actually let me say that with young pretty teenage girls you're doing, just you're well, just getting closer to, to the demographic you're, you're hitting because, it on the head i think yeah <laughs> well yeah young, young teenage girls have been a big thing in the video game industry lately and uh some people love them some people hate them but it's definitely a thing now some people <laughs> want them dead so it sounds like there's something for everyone <laughs> in this, in this yeah. movie so there's that and there's another film i did uh called what goes what goes up with uh my like 
comedic hero, Steve Coogan, um, Molly Shannon's in it. Um, Hilary Duff is also in it. Uh, it's a really awesome, actually, uh, ensemble piece. And um, then I also did a stint on the ABC Hidden Show camera, What Would You Do?, where I got to play horrible, horrible villains like a uh, fat shamer. I played a racist. Um, and I basically... Well, you played a racist, but you also played someone who got with the brothers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I did both sides of the coin. But yeah. typically on that show, they... I, I played a um, a con woman who date rape drugged. Oh, date rape! Yeah, that's right. You did date rape. So, that show. yeah. So you know. I don't think so, anyone cared on that one. No, they didn't. They, they were they <laughs> they actually thought I was putting Viagra on the guy's drink, and they were like congratulating him as he was stumped. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's great. That's fucked up. That's yeah. great. Well, you could have been selling his kidney, and they wouldn't have known. Well, that's the thing. I, I the whole point was that I was going to rob him. They like right. set him up that I was a gold digger and all that. Like that I was, you know, dropping these things about how I loved his yacht and blah blah blah. So, but but yeah, people don't give a shit about if you guys are are getting date raped. Just let me know. <laughs> Check your drink. That's good enough. That's good enough. Good to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go then. And then I think uh, I think Jay's already given us a pretty good rundown. Should we talk about? about uh the movies that we all aspire to to create and be in that that by by that i mean an oscar nominated picture uh uh yes i I suppose we could what uh, what category would you guys like to start with first and why is it best animated feature film (laughs) (laughs) i'm scrolling to the bottom i'm looking for that one i don't even i'm actually just i'm pretty much just kidding there um i i I figure we can probably we can probably skip like uh best makeup right best adapted screenplay are we good to like just move into the the meaty stuff we only do an hour usually yeah yeah Yeah, let's get in there should we so should we do the four actor and actress categories then yeah, because I think the I think the lowest one like down on the list that we could start with and work our way up is uh, best supporting actress. And uh, the, I imagine the first categories will have to take more time because we're going to be able to kind of go through who watched what and, and maybe a general feeling for the movie. But um, this year for uh, best supporting actress, we have Emma Stone in Birdman. We have Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. We have Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. We have Laura Dern in Wild. And we have Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game. Not to be confused with the hit Law & Order SVU episode, The Intimidation Game. <laughs> but they're real um, close. I, I mean, open, open season. What, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts? What of those movies have you guys even seen? Let's start there. I've, I've only seen, I only saw Wild, and that was just before this podcast. You didn't, I saw Boyhood. You didn't see Birdman? You didn't watch Birdman or Boyhood? Uh, I was supposed to watch Birdman. That fell through, um, and I, <laughs> I, I I stayed away from Boyhood. It Let's... doesn't. Boyhood just never had a premise that sounded interesting to me. And but there's a like, boy. Yeah, you watch him grow up through twelve years of his life. I did that myself, so I've experienced it. And I doubt they could do better than I did. With God my damn, childhood. Boyhood is so fucking boring. It's, it feels <laughs> like it takes twelve years to watch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Patricia Arquette does do a good job in it. I, I she's cannot. the front runner, I think. You're right. I think she's the front runner out of this group. Um, but I would love to see Emma Stone win because I feel like uh, it's a character that typically would never get a nomination. And I, I'm kind mm. of really impressed that the Academy thought to uh, nominate such a snarky 
role for uh, supporting actors. Usually they go for a much more tortured, dramatic, prosthetic-y type one. So I thought she did a good job, so I yeah. don't have any complaints about it. She was so if I don't if I don't end up watching Birdman before the Oscars, I'll just pretend she's winning it for <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man Two. I will uh, I, I will go ahead and and play devil's advocate here and say that I think Meryl Streep finally deserves to get that Oscar <laughs> that she needs so badly. Um, and Into the Woods is surely her breakout performance. Yeah, uh, right. Oh, I've heard of literally before, right? I mean, what else has she been in since like what Sophie's Choice? Yeah, she's really sort of fallen off the map there a bit, but you know, it's nice to see her getting back in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just goes to show that you're never, you're one, never one of the most irrelevant actresses of our time. Um, Almost, you're certainly. never too old to don the prosthetic, which knows. So, um, I am curious though, Jay. So, so Laura Dern, not, um, not, not, not a fan. Not, not good enough. For she you? was. I mean, she was good. I liked Wild. Um, I don't know that it's best supporting role material. Help it, as quickly as you can, because I don't even know what is Wild about. So Wild is about this woman. Apparently, it's based on a true story who goes on a hike to the Mojave Desert, and it's a memoir um, based on the memoir that she um, wrote. It's based, it's based on her memoir. So we get like flashes of her life and what led her to that point. And um, I, it's got a, a very kind of. Um, it's 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 odd because the hiking bits it's kind of very slice of life and then we go into these flashbacks it's almost reminded me of lost a little bit you know like oh here's how she got into this situation and it felt a little bit like an episode of television but it was um it was overall a very strong piece some of it was a little melodramatic and i think that's what i didn't like and lord dern uh while she did a great job in her role a lot of the melodrama was centered around her character and it's hard for me to separate that (laughs) So, um, and this is the one where the big rock falls on her arm and she has to cut it off, right? <laughs> that would have been yes. great, actually. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly the thing that happens. I'm, I'm obviously joking about that, but the structure does sound kind of <laughs> similar to 127 Hours, where there's someone in a desert and then they flash back to other things. Well, I, actually, I think it's yeah. actually closer to like Eat, Pray, Love. It's basically a woman that goes on this very long hike to find herself again after a very traumatic a series of traumatic yeah. events in her life yeah. so it's it's more feel goody i think than uh dramatic i think i think kind of um in between i guess i guess you know this is why i like the hiking bit better because the hiking you could tell she was really overcoming shit that she wasn't prepared for and um uh you know there's like a lot of character but a lot more character development in those kind of quiet scenes where she's walking over a rock or trying to cross water or um, drinking from like a stagnated pool. There's more character development in those moments than those <laughs> I think you just described the most boring movie ever. If you just like took exactly yeah. the three things that you just mentioned and, t- and said, that's what this movie's about. No, well, one she almost gets, it. she almost gets raped by a hunter that has bows and arrows. Is that better? Oh, deliverance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Like it. So <laughs> Does he have a banjo? Does he have a banjo? That's a <laughs> perfectly normal he, he, question. He should, have had a, he should have had a banjo, but he didn't, sadly. Um, I thought that was great. And then all the stuff like the heroin and, and the sex with all these guys that she meets and, um, you know, all that stuff is actually the boring stuff. I really can't so. tell when you're when you're being facetious and when you're not, because I don't know anything. <laughs> I haven't even seen a trailer for the movie. So really, don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. don't like mess with me, because I'm not I'm genuinely not sure if they're like booty bumping <laughs> crystal. And I mean, it is called wild. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it for all of you to figure out. Then, if yeah. you haven't seen the movie yet. You can say for sure. <laughs> um. 
All right, well, should we, should we move on to Best Supporting Actor then? Yeah, let's move on to Actor. So Best Supporting Actor, we have uh, Mark Ruffalo, or is it Ruffalo? I never know. Ruffalo. Ruffalo in Foxcatcher, uh, Edward Norton in Birdman, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash, uh, Robert Duvall in The Judge, and Ethan Hawke in Boyhood. Well, I can tell you one thing. It's definitely not Mark Ruffalo. The real star, the real... Wait, why? He did a good job in Boyhood. He does... Wait, uh, so let me ask a question real quick. Are we spoiling things? I, you know what? We spoil things all the time on the Cause, podcast. Uh, well, in Foxcatcher... Foxcatcher is also based on a true story, so I yes, feel like from it's... from my neighborhood, actually from my hometown. So I feel oh, like really? it's... I didn't uh, know that was in your hometown. Yeah, my dad actually, like, testified and oh. kept uh, the guy in jail. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it's, this one hits a little close to home. Actually. It takes place in Pennsylvania, right? Am I remembering yes. correctly? Okay. Suburbs yeah. of, Pen- of Philadelphia. Because Ra- Rachel would always talk about the Duponts. She's she's also from Pennsylvania, and so she would she would always say stuff about the Dupont family and act like I was an idiot because I didn't know who they were. <laughs> um, uh, and maybe she was right. Anyway, I, I was just going to say that Mark did a great job at being shot. Yes. So. Yeah, he did. Actually, I will give this to Mark Buffalo. Um, He's the one that actually bothered to act in the film while everyone else was just kind of sleeping through it. But J.K. Simmons here. I mean, let's let's to go for the obvious choice. I mean, he's already won. Uh, I think he won the Golden Globe, right? Uh, maybe the BAFTA too. I mean, uh, I mean, this. he is Whiplash. Like, yeah, he that that whole movie is just him. Really, it, it, it would. I, I can't even really describe how important it is to me that J.K. Simmons wins this award. <laughs> I don't want it to be anybody else. Maybe I would maybe nominate Ethan Hawke's teeth, which get noticeably nicer <laughs> as Boyhood progresses. Yes, it does. It's kind of interesting because you can you can watch him and Patricia Arquette get more famous and then better looking as a result, which is yes. which is almost the the like least realistic part of the movie, right? Is they're supposed to be they're supposed to be aging and becoming more decrepit, but instead they're becoming sexy movie stars. <laughs> Um, that's f- by far not the, like, there's problems that are far worse than that with that movie, but sure. Yeah, I mean, the part, uh, the part where it's three hours is a little troublesome, too, but... I, the part I'm where they drop, like, plot threads for no reason in a three-hour movie. Well, we can, I'm sure they had a reason. I'm just sure they, that they forgot them later on. We, we can go into that more as we, as we approach Best Picture, but... Uh, no, t- trust me, there's no reason for some of the shit, though. Oh, so we just have to brawl it out now, huh? No, it's fine. We'll, well, let's we'll let's continue. Going. But I, yeah. I do want to say this: that I would give it to Edward, Edward Norton, but for the Grand Budapest, because I haven't seen Birdman. Is he? Is, I don't know how he was well, in Birdman. He's Actually, fine I really in Birdman, like, but nothing uh, special. He plays a really tortured theater actor, so uh, I feel like he won't get the role because I feel like people don't like to give awards for people playing actors because pe- no one has pity for actors. You know, it's, mm, right? Okay. Who, well, out of curiosity, that's, that's who true, else, and you guys uh, don't really deserve it either. So. That's true. No, we're whiny bitches. So, <laughs> so who else saw Whiplash? I saw it. Is that it? Because I think I, this is. I think this is part of my concern. Is um, if Wild sounded uninteresting, Whiplash probably sounds even less interesting. Um, <laughs> just, just like the premise and the concept. And I think out of every movie that we're going to talk about on this podcast, I think I enjoyed it more than. Any of them. Just as like sitting really? back and watching it, I think I was the most entertained. Um, I, I may not have thought it was like the most artsy or it may not have stayed with me the longest, but while I was watching it, I was probably enjoying that more than anything else. 
Yeah, the performances, I think, are astounding. And the message that it, I think, uh, for anyone creative, it doesn't have to be, you know, even in the film industry, but I think the message it sort of uh, gets across in terms of, like, determination and uh, having that one motivating mentor in your life that maybe is crossing the line or the lines are blurred as to whether or not they're actually inspiring you or just torturing you. I think mm-hmm. a lot of artists can relate to that sort of dynamic. <laughs> and I, and I so, know I can. Yeah. And so I think that that's why I, I loved the film so much, but I also wasn't as blown as blown away as um, I feel like a lot of people were. It was solid, like solid 10 out of 10, but it didn't surprise me. I, think, I, I guess that's what I'm getting at is like, I don't think that it's a blow away kind of movie, but like, I think it's, I, I, it's, it's only like, it's pretty short. It's like maybe an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes. And uh, it's kind of weird that I'm saying that's short now, but that's how we are uh, these days. But um, I mean, it, it just, it goes by nice and quick. And I, I worry that, like I said, because it sounds like a really dry premise, I worry that a lot of people will miss out on a pretty good movie because of it. Yeah. So, yeah. So go watch I feel it. like I feel like that's a lot of the Oscar movies this year. Like I feel like, you know, a lot of them people like, are gonna look at them and like, so, I don't want to see that shit. So you're saying that the judge is totally worth it. <laughs> and oh, I, yeah. And I need to For get real. to the nearest Cinemark. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know Cinemark that, still exist. Cinemark, is that like a combination like Pathmark? And movie theater, I kind of like that concept. We we still have, uh, don't we, we have, have Cinemarks? Cinemarks yeah, here. we do. That's a, almost all of them. Um, so uh, you guys I are don't know what that bill, is. So. It's like one of the two major chains we have out here. Okay. Next question, because both Aubrey and Jay live in real cities. What does a movie ticket cost? Oh, oh uh, in LA well, and New York. In LA, <laughs> if you go to a place. Uh, like the arc light where you can get a reserved seat ahead of time oh, God, and it's really light. fancy. It's like seventeen, fifteen, seventeen dollars depending. Jesus. <laughs> and for, uh, for New York, it's about it's about for New York it's about that cost, but they're trying to push 3D movies more and more so you can end up paying anywhere between twenty one and twenty five. Because I think we're we're at what, Doug? Probably like eight fifty. Eight for uh, no, it's like it's like ten for a it, night. For sure. It might be night. ten. It might be ten. But uh I remember, I remember just even like going to Seattle years ago and seeing a movie for like fifteen dollars and just being outraged. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, fifteen bucks is all right, man. All right. Well, I guess I'll just keep living the the good life with my. <laughs> yeah. It's my consolation prize for living in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Your Mormons. They got to give you something. Tickets. Have yeah. a have a nice cheap movie, Jared. So are we up to actress then? Actress uh, in a leading role? Well, so if I'm going in the proper order here, we have to skip over best original song. Uh, quick shout out to my boys, John Legend and Common, for their hit song, Glory. Sorry that we can't talk about it longer. Or what about the, uh, so, you the know, Lego for... movie, Everything is Awesome, with oh, capital letters and three oh, yeah. exclamation points? Okay, I want to mention that, and I think I've said this before, <laughs> It it kind of drives me up the wall that the the way the song is used in the movie is to um talk about how like the society has been you know placated basically and like they it's it's like a slave worker song almost (laughs) and and then and then they make it the most catchy fucking song and like run it over the credits and and it's what all the kids walk out singing like the the message is totally lost and and it's just a a catchy sweet awesome song Um, so I, i i guess you know for best original song, 
Now we have a we had, we had a problem uh, with the Oscars this year, and I wonder if anyone here, aside from me, is aware of what that is. Um, uh, big controversy over the Oscars. Common wasn't nominated for two songs. No, that's not the big controversy. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lay it on me. Uh, so you know this thing about no black films being nominated, like, except for Selma, which was only up for Best Picture. Okay. So this was this created a big the big um, uproar, right, in all of the um, entertainment blogs and the magazines and you know in social media and everyone was complaining. So that, familiar. <laughs> it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, so everyone was complaining that there were no black films nominated. Was there was so, there not a Medea movie this year? <laughs> no, there's no Medea movie to be nominated. So that's kind of my that's kind of my issue, right? In order to nominate a black film, you have to actually make a black film first. Um, that's usually how that works. And I can think of three this year. I, there was Selma, there was Top Five, which I actually really liked. Um, and there was also Beyond the Lights, um, which was made by my uh, godparents, Reggie and Gina Bythewood. Um, but, you know, the studios, they don't, they don't support those things. So about, oh my God, I'm getting old. Um, back in 2008, my dad was nominated for Best Original Song. This is why I'm thinking this now. Um, in 2008, he was nominated for Best Original Song, and we were up against Once um, and whatever their fucking song was, and a Disney movie. And the Disney movie had something that was really similar to <laughs> Everything is Awesome, which was, it was like some kind of happy working song. And it was just like all this Disney princess singing and cleaning up a house, and that's what was up for nomination. So thankfully, we lost to Once, right? Um, that was a great thing, but... But even though we lost, I think it gave, it gave us some good insights into the academy. And really what wins is what people kind of politic the most. So if no one politics these movies, then no one's going to recognize them. Like no one even knew August Rush was up for nomination. And when the actual audience saw it, uh, these big names saw it, they were like, oh, wow, that's the song I would have voted for had I known it was up for nomination. Um, but, I, you know, the Internet does, did something really great as they always do, and they figured out how to fix the problem. And they did this. Um, everything's going to be much better this year. They did this by creating a hashtag. Ooh, uh, those are very yeah. effective. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't so paying I'm, attention until you said hashtag. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I feel like everything is going to be great from now on. They fixed Hollywood. They fixed racism. Um, we're great. We're golden. They're going to go the same way Coney did. <laughs> um, did I did I tell you guys my Lego movie story? No, what's the Lego movie story? I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it quick because uh, I don't want to spend any more time here. But uh, I I had a roommate at the time when it came out, and he really wanted to go see that movie, and I didn't want to see it at all. And somehow he convinced me, and so we went and we saw it at like ten thirty p.m. on a Wednesday night. And we walk into the theater, and we're the only two people there. That's it. And <laughs> we sit, and we watch the movie, and we get about halfway through it. And at about the midway point, just kind of out of nowhere, some dude, just some random dude, walks into the theater, and he stands just kind of over by the entryway, and he just looks at the screen for a while, and is kind of like nodding. And then he looks back into the, into the audience, and he sees us, the only two people uh, in the theater, and he just nods at us and he goes, what's up, pedos? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walked out. 
and it pretty much it was my nightmare. It was the, <laughs> it was the worst thing that could have happened. That's incredible. Oh man. So anyway, I don't really like the Lego Movie. Um, I, I I could I guess I understand that. Let's. Uh, so next up, I think is best director. Actually, separating okay because the, the director is less important than the lead actor. So we'll, we'll talk director, and then we'll talk. Let's talk writer. I want to talk writer. So yeah, we can we can go back and do that. Um, directors. So the thing about a director is that you don't need to have a catchy name like an actor or actress does. So I'm going to struggle a little bit here. I believe we have Morton Tildum from The Imitation Game, uh, Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher. <sighs> Fuck, I'm gonna. Alan, Man, you, you know what? I didn't. I didn't think of it. I know the first two. I didn't know. I didn't think of it before you said it. But um, Aubrey Mazzino is actually a very catchy name for an actor. Oh, it's it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Alejandro Gonzalez. I don't know what the fuck. Well, why, this what one are you is. thanking us for? You had no control over it. Anyway, yeah, far as <laughs> let's just let's just say the guy who made Birdman. That guy. The guy who made Birdman. Okay. Um, Richard Linklater for Boyhood, and Wes Anderson for the Grand Budapest Motel. Um, okay. What's your What's your picks? Wes Anderson. Oh yeah, I want Wes Anderson because the Grand Budapest Hotel was fucking awesome. The Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it was my favorite movie of the year. I agree. I think it's my favorite movie of his that he's made. Really? That's high praise. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I I actually didn't watch it yet. I think it's gonna be uh, Birdman director. I think it I think yeah. it was Inarito Inarito? Alejandro Inarito. Birdman. You, th- you, think you, you think it's gonna be him, but do you think it should be him? Um, I mean I, I haven't seen Grand Budapest, so full disclosure. So um okay. There's that, and I actually haven't seen Boyhood. So this is kind of a qualification out of the rest of the uh, films. Well, it so. definitely... I, I, and I mean... Birdman definitely deserves to win I, over... I, um, I could see Boyhood getting this as the consolation prize for not getting Best Picture. Um, I, I could see a scenario where, where that I mean, played out. And I think you could make a case for it, too. Because even if you don't like the pacing of the movie or the plot of the movie, I think you have to at least acknowledge that it was a fuck ton of work. Like, a, a there's pretty... some things in the direction. I mean, yeah, like taking, care, you know, taking care of my cat is a lot of work, but I don't get an award for that. Well, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't take care of the cat and tell people about it. You uh, should have done that. Well, he just I, did. Actually, yeah, you need to live tweet. Yeah, cat over how many years cats live. I don't know. Yeah, cathood. Cathood. God, that's my next project. Sometimes I I don't get you, Jay. That's so obvious. Doug and I came up with it right now. (laughs) Uh, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a lot of work. I, I guess it's a lot of work, and you know, I guess going back, how how because I know he shot over the course of twelve years, but you know, how long were these shoots each time? I I don't know. I don't know. Thousand years, two days. You know, it's like a week, two days. I don't know because I don't know. The Grand Budapest, right? The Grand Budapest is something where, and I wish I had the skill and I wish I had this time. And he actually made it pretty cheap. Uh, Made it for like thirty million, which is for a movie like that, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Um, but the details on it and the way that he shows the old style is fucking. Well, the thing is, for for something like that, like his set design and everything is so perfect, and all of their timing, um, their their fucking choreography for that movie, um, the set dressing, their costumes, like everything, everything just fit perfectly. It's like 
that's a movie where it's going to be difficult to kind of like spot a mistake. And you have to think that takes a lot of energy and a lot of work and a lot of preparation time before it. Um, you know, that's like that's like a lot of directing skill. Like it's cute that he figured out how to film someone over the course of 12 years. And I guess as someone who comes from the world of documentary, I can appreciate what that takes to keep following around a subject like that. Um, but I think, you know, the Grand Budapest just shows a precision of skill in directing that I would aspire to as a director. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Take that. All right. And, and I agree with, with Jay on that. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we are in agreement. Sorry, I had to call because uh, there was kid stuff going on in the background. That didn't sound like kid stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, so Jay, you said you wanted to do writing. Did, were you referring to original screenplay or adapted? Uh, I suppose we could do both. Let me pull up the list here. So we have, um, I can just, uh, I can just do adapted first. So adapted, yeah, adapted is whiplash by Damien Chazelle, uh, American sniper by Jason Hall, the imitation game by Graham Moore, uh, the theory of everything by Anthony McCartan and inherent vice by Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson. So again, I'm at a deficit because I haven't seen everything, but I guess my vote for Adapted would be Inherent Vice. It's definitely, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the book, but it's a pretty legendary book in that most believe it to be unfilmable. And uh, he definitely filmed it. He definitely he filmed, filmed it. something. I don't know if <laughs> he, he definitely... filmed the book, actually. <laughs> I um, I felt like it was maybe uh, it was it was faithful. Um, so I, I think Inherent Vice is actually an odd film in that we're everyone on this podcast should be on the same page with it because we all should have watched it. Um, I made sure of that. So I I, sure. I wonder if everyone else agrees with me when I say you watch this movie and you actually feel like you're as high as the characters after you're done watching it. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, I I. Well, during it, I was sort of like, am I watching this, you know, is my TV upside down? I just like, <laughs> I couldn't even make a sense out of it. It was like watching a foreign, like, language movie that also had aliens in it that you never recognized. <laughs> I just didn't recognize anything. I, would, I, I think that's a good way to describe it. I would say that it is very much um, on, on the level with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's other movies, uh, for mm. me, in that, like, I watched them once, and I really appreciated them, and, like, I thought that was great, and I'm like, man, this guy's a good director, and then I'd never really want to see <laughs> any of them again. Um, I think I've seen There Will Be Blood twice, uh, maybe three times, but I've never watched any of it. Like, I saw The Master, and I walked out of theater, and I was like, that was good, and then, and then I'd never even really and thought about it back. again. Just, yeah. just called it a day. Um, they're kind of exhausting to watch and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing really that's that's a good point i guess i i I, it's definitely i guess i feel like his movies are definitely like an experience Mm -hmm. which i guess if you're working in an entertainment medium that's kind of what you want to create um but it's that's a good point i don't think i've ever actually gone back in yeah in retrospect i think i like it more after like having thought about it for a few days (laughs) like when i first (laughs) came out of the movie i was like that was good, I guess. But then I was like, you know what? I kind of really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it it, it sat well with me, but I'm I'm not going to watch it again. Um, it was okay. I liked it. I, I I might. I mean, I guess I might be giving it um more concessions than I should, just because I'm really 
enthralled by that era in time. And um, who saw Theory of Everything? Uh, I did yesterday. Oh, I did. (laughs) Is that bad? Is it bad? I hated it because I really, I really objective, objectively, it's not the right usage, but I, I very much refuse to see this movie. Um, because I feel like they're telling this really like heavy handed Oscar bait love story. And <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know how the movie handles it or where it ends, but the, the really shitty thing is if you keep following the story, he like cheats on his wife with a nurse. And... They show that in the movie. Oh, do they? So they go all, well, the... I mean, not not explicitly, but they do touch on those points. But so they do go to like the dissolution of the marriage and it doesn't have, yeah. I, I actually figured they'd probably like, you know, cut it off before he, uh, D bags, the woman who wasted her whole life for his crippled ass. But, um, and maybe I'll have to cut that out. That's that's slander. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of I a... just this is what I had a problem with is that yeah. you're talking about one, if not the most brilliant man in the world right now, yeah. and you walk away knowing nothing about what he's done for society. Yeah, and and that's that's a problem. Um, I, I, I actually I actually hear I actually hear that's big criticism. I hear I hear like touches on nothing that makes him. You know, I imagine Hawking, they like probably the didn't do about. that because we probably wouldn't understand a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, but do we really give a shit about his love life? I mean, of all the people in the world, I don't know but that I would put him at the top of my list. Isn't this, the movie is based off the book that she wrote. Isn't oh, is it? it? I, I don't oh, even so, know. And I so, mean, I mean, she's not going to have an understanding of the theoretical physics behind black holes and shit. Who wants to hear from her? She's a woman. I mean, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> they, they adapted her book. Not, not, not his book. I didn't know that that was the case. I mean, I knew that. I obviously knew that that wasn't a book he wrote, like because um, I've read all of his books, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that is. I didn't know that the movie was devoid of like wormholes. That's a little disappointing. They, they too. talk they about it, but it's a it very. Once. Does it just? They mention, they there, mention it once. Are there just a lot of uh, scenes where he's standing in front of like complex-looking chalkboards? And there are scenes yeah, of that. No, yeah. it's mostly <laughs> him. No, no, is there a transparent chalkboard that he draws in with a marker? So let me ask you this. Let me ask this. How, how charming is Stephen Hawking? No, Eddie Redmayne does a phenomenal job. I mean, skipping ahead, I think he should get the Oscar. The performance is amazing. It's just in a really boring, stupid film. I thought so he's I got you. great in the movie. Oh, so his boyhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor boyhood. Um, all right, well, there you he go. made me think he had... Auto neuron disease. I don't. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's good. Well done, Eddie. Uh, let's see. Um, anything else on on the adapted screenplays, or should we do originals? Uh, adapted. I guess I should just mention I saw American Sniper. I'm not sure it was my favorite screenplay, but um, we'll talk about that later because it's on the other list. Is it? Is it up for Best Picture? Um, I I thought it was. Is it I, not? I, I I'm not saying it's not. It probably. Yeah, it, it probably is up for Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's All definitely right. up. So we'll um, talk about that later. So original screenplays, I actually, I, I assumed Foxcatcher would have been adapted, but I guess that, uh, I guess not. Um, Birdman is uh, there with, uh, and then we have the Grand Budapest Motel. Uh, we have Boyhood. And then we have actually one of my favorite movies that I feel like got kind of snubbed a little bit is Nightcrawler. Um, How was Nightcrawler? Because I wanted I, to see that one. In. I really liked Nightcrawler. It was really good, yeah. But I... Similar to my Lego movie story, everyone had either already seen Nightcrawler or didn't want to. So I just went and saw it by myself. And um, 
I went. <laughs> Same guy was like that. Hey, I, I went. The, well, so this is a creepy ass movie to see by yourself. Um, and I went. I went in the theater through like this back door and up the stairs. And so I I didn't walk through the front of the theater like you normally would. And I sat behind this family who obviously thought they were the only people in the theater. Because um, throughout like the entire previews, they're talking loudly and and just going on about whatever bullshit. And I'm just. I was trying to figure out, like, should I cough or something and let them know they're not alone? And um, eventually one of them, like, looked back and saw me. And he, I, I see him, like, whisper to everybody else. And I, I just felt like the biggest... I may as well have had, like, a trench coat on and some lotion with me or something. Like, Yeah, you, you do manage to, to look kind of creepy sometimes. Oh, have. man, I'm creepy as hell. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like yeah, Nightcrawler. Does, does, um, do people ever stop Rachel and be like, hey, that guy's following you? Actually, um, again, not related to movies, but I <laughs> I went to I went to Walmart with her once. I can't believe I can't believe there's, this a, story. there's actually a story. <laughs> I went to Walmart with her once, and I can't remember what she wanted. There was some video game that she wanted to buy, and I told her um, I I don't know why I told her this, but I was like, take your shoe off and put it on your foot like sideways, and then walk back to the electronics store all derpy like. And and I'll buy you the game. And so she did. And I followed her back to the electronics department. And I'm like laughing at her as she as she walks like an idiot the whole way back. And then this Walmart, this big like 400 pound Walmart employee comes up to us. He's like, is this guy bothering you, miss? <laughs> wow. He was ready to rescue her. So. So, yeah. I uh, to, to be fair, I don't think it's uh, you. I, I think it's her because the time one time we hung out and I've never gotten this look. I've I've. I well clearly I hang out with Aubrey and I, I hang out with a lot of uh, uh white girls like a disproportionate amount oddly, um, <laughs> and I've never been bothered about it like I've never gotten a dirty look no one's ever bothered me except for the time that I wa- was with Rachel with your wife and we were on Venice Beach and like this you know this Mexican dude he says some snide remark about us being together and it's like you know he he says it in Spanish so he he thinks I don't catch it and but I can pick apart certain words so i know he says something derogatory about us um and that's the only time it's ever happened i swear to god um so it might be her and maybe, maybe it is <laughs> i don't know but uh i definitely i, I enjoyed nightcrawler at my peril <laughs> at your peril uh i don't know i really you... like nightcrawler by the way did you did you see it too yeah. I saw it too. I liked it. It it's like a little bit of popcorny movie for me, but it's good. I mean, I don't think it's a life changer, but No, I don't, I don't necessarily think so either. Kept me kept me, you know, engaged. Yeah. You just watch it to see how low this guy is going to sink, right? Yeah. It's pretty good. Any any other standouts in uh uh screenplay or is that pretty much it? I just don't know how boyhood. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'll give you that. We can talk shit on boyhood a lot, and I'll, I'll definitely give you that. I don't know how boyhood got best original screenplay because <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd actually really be curious what the writing process was for it. Like, how much of that did he figure out right at the beginning, and, and what changed? I don't know. I don't. I don't like boyhood. Forget. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I guess we'll, we'll get into it. Let's see. I guess the actress is next, right? I no, think... no. I'm sorry. No actor. The sound editing. In oh. in mine uh, in mine the order is actress and then actor, but right. um, I don't really have a preference either way. Let's just let's just do actress since it's right All here. Right. Uh, Felicity Jones for Theory of Everything. Uh, Marion is it is it I I can't ever do this one. Is it Kat- 
Katayard, 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 uh, for two days, one night, which I have actually never heard of. Um, I know her. So she shouldn't win. Yeah. So she's out. Um, I have Reese Witherspoon for Wild. I have Julianne Moore for Still Alice, which I've also... I don't know who Julianne Moore is. I, I know who she is, but I've never heard of Still Alice. Oh. Um, is it like still, like she's holding still, or no, is it like I'm still Alice? It's, is about, it heartbreaking? It's, she's going to win. It's like, this isn't even a conversation, honestly. Like, she will win. She plays a uh, linguist um, professor who has early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, and wow. basically as the movie progresses, she gets deeper and deeper into the disease and oh, the, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's <laughs> so well acted. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely worth seeing, but just know you're going to be just, so sad. Ju- just the description alone has already depressed me. Yeah. I think uh, I see Kristen Stewart is in this movie, which tells me, you know, she's having a, a slightly better year. So she's in this movie. She's also in in, in Camp X-Ray, uh, which I hear is pretty good. Um, so. What what you described sounds pretty good. But does she cut a man's throat and bathe in his blood? Because our last nominee, yeah. <laughs> Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. Which That's I, hard to beat. I'm actually a little surprised. Gone Girl didn't show up a little more. Um, I think this is the only category it has a nomination in. I I actually, I, I know, well, I'm not probably, I am in the um, minority here, but I didn't love her performance in it. I, I thought it was slightly too... Uh, Mustache twirling? Yeah. Mustache twirling. She's a little bit of a mustache twirling. Yeah, it just, like, I... <laughs> She's slightly too stoic for me in it. Like, I wanted to see a little bit more uh, mm. variety levels, maybe. I did. Uh, so, on, on, on. Well, no, go ahead and say what you guys. Mine just, is unrelated. I was just going to say, I, I really liked the movie. Um, and I, I think, as far as uh, Fincher goes, I think it's a lot better than Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes, indeed. Oh, really? So huh. if I can check it, then. if I can give it any praise, it would be that. I'm definitely based on Aubrey's recommendation. I'm definitely going to check out Still Alice, but I, um, I thought I'll go ahead and vouch for Reese Witherspoon in Wild. You, I thought, you think so? Yeah, I you know I thought I thought she did a great job of just kind of like playing this. Um, it's a little it's a little different for her because she's she's like one of those character one of those actresses who's a little bit of a sweetheart. Um, so it's nice to see her push herself a little. Um, you know, my, I guess my only gripe with wild is, um, her hair looked perfect the entire movie. <laughs> like she was always using like Pantene, like for every, every shot. And she's supposed to be on, on hitchhiking for something like, uh, 90 days, you know, on this, on this trail. Um, but I think as being kind of like this broken, busted woman, Reese did a, did a great job. Um, actually, Aubrey, I think when I shot post winter, this is, this is to the degree that it bugged me. When we shot post winter, I made Aubrey stop washing her hair, so <laughs> yeah, that true. she would look a little dirtier on screen. Um, so that just like really bugs me. But other than that, that's a gripe I can look. Oh, that's not on Reese Witherspoon. That's on hair and makeup. Yeah, shame on you, hair and makeup. It's shame on you, hair and makeup. <laughs> Let's see. They better not be up. I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back right now to makeup to see. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, 
Best makeup. Oh, of course, Foxcatcher. Um, it's actually mostly Grand Budapest Hotel, Foxcatcher, and but Guardians of the great, Galaxy. How great was Steve Carell's nose in Foxcatcher? <laughs> I didn't think it was that great. Ah. Um. It was. It was okay. <laughs> it, if you look at the guy, like the actual Dupont guy, I don't feel like he has that crazy of a nose. He doesn't. He doesn't look anything like Steve Carell, which no. makes me wonder how they cast him. I don't. I don't know what it's happened like there. I have no idea. True to true to form, uh, this category is the one where I've seen the least number of the movies because I hate women. Yeah. Uh, so I've only seen. I have seen. I have seen none of them. I've only seen Gone Girl, and that was about a crazy woman. So, or was she? I don't. I don't know what the moral is. But uh, she was pretty fucking crazy. I guess she was. Just marriage is crazy. I think that's the moral. Just a hair. <laughs> But, yeah, I guess uh, marriage is crazy is a good moral. Yeah. I hear people now who've been together for like 30 years are saying, like, I regret being married. Oh. It's like, it's like, okay, wow. Thanks for that revolution. Well, then Gone Girl is definitely a feel-good movie if you're in that mindset. So give if you're it, in that mindset. Give it a try. Um, um, let's see. Best best actor. Should we do it? Yeah. Yep. We got Bradley Cooper. We got old Mike. You don't even have to. Don't read him. Bradley Cooper. Old Michael Keaton <laughs> in Birdman. The Birdman, the titular Birdman. Uh, we have Eddie Redmayne for Theory of Everything. We have Ben Bendedick Cumberbund in the Imitation <laughs> Game. All right, so everyone, everyone, go ahead and say what you have to say about Benedict now. I don't. His face is weird. His face is weird. <laughs> That's all I have. I actually like him as an actor, but his face is weird. I don't know why he'd be up for this and not Smog. Remember, oh yeah, there you go. When he was Smog. Yeah, and they, I got the screener to The Hobbit, so I know it was being nominated. I actually uh, didn't considered. see it. I didn't see The Hobbit, but I know that Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. Oh, and he yeah. was also Khan in the really good Star Trek remake. So, <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, so yeah, he's just getting snubbed all around. Um, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, and Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. Well, uh, Steve Carell doesn't deserve the win. I think he has a good shot, though. I, no, I feel like Eddie. It's gonna be Eddie. You think it's Eddie? Yeah, it's 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 in the bag for him. He won the Golden Globe too. Oh, you know, did he? Oh, neat, okay. Yeah. That's usually a strong indicator. Yeah. So I'd be yeah, fine. I, with I, Eddie I, or no, not the Golden Globe, but he won the SAG. He won SAG and BAFTA. So right. I thought. So I that's, know, SAG's right? usually the indicator. Whoever wins the SAG. I actually didn't really see that many of these either. I guess I just didn't see any movies with acting. No, no. See, I, I, I think I feel like looking at the at the list now. I feel like that there's a lot of contenders for a lot of different things, but they're so spread out because I feel like I watched a lot of screeners in preparation for this podcast, and I, I'm still not on the same page with everyone. I still haven't seen every everything I should have seen. Um, so I feel like for some reason this is just a spread out year. Which is fine as long as there are no black people. So Bradley Cooper, <laughs> I feel like um, he's a little urban. Uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper's a little urban. Yeah, sure. Let's he's, give he's it my to dog. him. He's, he's my dog. He's my homeboy. He's Let's... the closest to black, I think, out of all people. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is going to get it because of I mean, America. Fuck! At least he's not British. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's two British people up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that's a good point. Which is an issue, too, because these are American awards. Yeah. These are American awards. Get the fuck so. out of here, UK people. So, actually, the Oscars American. We Make Movies actually did a, uh, a sketch about that, so you should check it out. About oh, yeah. foreign actors taking... Go ahead, plug yourself. 
foreign actors taking American actor jobs. So, yeah. yeah. Is that is that as an actual thing? Like like they took our jobs? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, remember oh, wow. remember when Hugh Laurie was House? Ugh. I remember that. Remember when they cast that one guy as Superman? Oh yeah. Superman isn't even American, but we got pissed anyway. I can proudly say that I've only ever cast Americans in my film. Wait, Superman's not American? Because I know, I am. I no, am the, the guy that plays him is, well, he's from Krypton. No, 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 but, so you're saying the character of Superman is not American, he's right. Kryptonian. Exactly. I, but he lives in America. <laughs> I live in America too, and I'm not American, what's your point? So, he oh, was born on Krypton, though. I forgot about this, I forgot that he's Lucio does baby. not identify as an American. I suppose but, it wouldn't be. I suppose it wouldn't be an enemy slime podcast if we didn't go off rails at least once. And yet you dine at our McDonald's's. Yeah. Not really. I try to avoid them. For shame, yeah. Lucio. <laughs> I don't even dine at Outback unless I have to. Oh, well, that's, that's Australian. That's Australian. Yeah, food that's Australian. Anyway. That doesn't count. Come on. You need know. to eat at like Applebee's. Applebee's is nice yeah. and American. Uh, they avoid those. That's two. how. That's how. In fact. Eat at Applebee's every night at a week for a week, and you will be a true-blooded American. I think Denny's and you and die. You probably will die. <laughs> exactly. You'll be you dead only want to kill me, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> friends. So you, this is what you do. You go to IHOP for breakfast. Oh. You go to Denny's for lunch, and then you go to Applebee's for dinner. That, that's you go to like, Denny's for all three. I'll, I'll, I'll never poop again if I do that. You know that, right? Denny's is actually better than Applebee's. I would, I would I would agree I would, with that. I would rather Dunnies than Applebee's. Uh, At least it's open I, twenty-four hours. That's yeah. true, actually. Yeah. I mean. Food eaten out of the garbage is better than Applebee's. <laughs> and the winner of Best Picture <laughs> is Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we mention those two? Those those fine fine films. Best Best Picture. Yeah. Let's let's mention Best Picture. Now this is the ultimate winner. Stuff. Winner take because all. Because I know I know this is everyone's favorite film of the year and the thing everyone anticipated so much that rather than you know worry about the shit that was going on in terms of isis or russia trying to invade the ukraine or you know teenagers getting shot in ferguson and new york and all this kind of shit no one cared about that shit what we all cared about is not seeing the interview which i think is the most important thing of this year I mean, it, I can't believe I actually watched a fucking movie. I fucking hate you. It is good that America was able to rally together. Like sometimes you, sometimes you start to think that like there's nothing that you could unite us as one. But there you, there you have it. The interview, and yet um, somehow it's not up for best picture. Everyone, everyone was able to agree that we should be able to watch it right now. So, so <laughs> it should so be up for best picture because it's the smartest marketed movie I've ever seen, whether oh. they did it or not, whether it was intended that's, or not. That's that's a good point. Considering all the follow that's very think, true actually. I don't think I they think intended it. Well, well I mean I I I I believe that, you know, the interview definitely did a lot better than it would have given Absolutely. the circumstances around it. So I think that's a very astute observation. Um, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess you can make an argument for both. I guess you can make an argument that it was both either accidental or intentional. Well, let's, um, let's prove the point a little bit because I don't think there's any other movie on here except for Inherent Vice that everybody saw. Did everybody see the interview? I did not see yes, it. Yes, I saw it. I saw uh, it just because Jake asked me to. I oh, could watch it on favorite. Netflix if I wanted, but I don't really give a shit. Why aren't you an American? Because... <laughs> Why don't you go back to wherever Lucio's from with him? Yeah. I Maybe I will. Guam. <laughs> Guam. Um, Get back to Guam. 
Well, so how, did, how did we, you know, how did part we, of America, how did we right? feel, how did we feel about, let me ask this, was the interview worth starting World War III? No, the interview, uh, the interview had, I think maybe three, three jokes that were funny, um, and not so funny that I would laugh, but I think it made me like smile a little bit. And we were, we were having this discussion the other day, um, there, there aren't any good comedies anymore. So, See, I laughed out loud. But I, I guess I have, I have like, I think really, I love lowbrow humor. So, I mean, I, I don't think it was a, uh, you know, the best, the best written uh, script I've ever seen. But I thought there was some. I, I have to admit, I, I did laugh out loud, and I, I what, I did watch it on a plane. Maybe the altitude had something to do with it, but, um, you know. I don't know. I, I I think I'm just a sick person. Is what the it is. Altitude actually. and a few drinks, maybe. Yeah. I, I, well, I was sober, but you know that I was terrified. I'm terrified. So maybe it was the fear of dying on the plane <laughs> that made that made me just want to enjoy. This life might be laugh. this might be the, the the last movie I've ever seen. Yeah. So I better like it. Exactly. Um, so let me ask you: Did they actually like- write lines for James Franco, or did they just told him to act like a retard for fucking two hours? Just be James Franco. <laughs> Yeah. Just these James Franco is in these movies that he does with Seth Rogen. It's just him. Yeah. I, I want to. I want to make a case that the interview was at its smartest in the last act of the movie, and at its funniest. Like I thought. I thought the actual interview itself. Itself. I thought that was like the greatest part. Um, and then they just kind of drowned it under this like ridiculous action sequence. Like that was. Um, I think that was the moment it could have been like Team America, World Police, right? Um, or which, which know, by like the it. way, is I, I watched that shortly after the interview, and it's ten thousand times better. Um, but I feel like that moment was like the moment where they could have really owned it. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, I definitely like Seth Rogen more than James Franco in that movie. I don't know what I mean, James Franco is doing. You could probably say that in any movie, though, <laughs> couldn't you? I mean, if they're in a movie together, don't you? like Seth Rogen more because he's just a likable person, right? Like you don't have, you don't even really have a choice. I think he's more charming than James Franco for sure. He's like a, he's like a, a rapist of likability. Like he forces <laughs> you to like him. It's his dumbass laugh. Yeah. It's that stupid laugh. Uh, I and, can't even do it. and his love of, of Bubba Kush. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I like really, them both. I, I like, didn't like either though. character, but yeah, I like them both. And this is the end. I think, yeah, I, I know, think I character like is being generous, but Sure. I, I guess I guess this is the end. Wasn't um, it wasn't exactly the best written screenplay, but I liked it. I like and I you you see what I liked about that movie versus maybe something like the interview. What I liked about that particular movie is um, and most people find this obnoxious. I like the frat boyness of it. I like that they used all their friends in that movie because when else are you going to get a chance to make a movie with all your friends? That's uh, that's usually stupid because Adam Sandler goes and does why, it, why and then you're stupid? all mad about it. Well, but Adam Sandler does it all the time. You know, it's charming like once. You do it once and then that's it. Uh, Adam Sandler like, does, does it every movie. And it's like, ah, oh, there we go. I'm not going to pay attention to that one. Hey, Jay, you know about movies, right? Uh, a little bit. Is stock footage of Pyongyang really that fucking expensive? They couldn't put a fucking oh picture of it in the movie? <laughs> this movie made you a lot more angry than it made me. Like, Jesus yeah, fucking Christ. Yeah, I, I think you're pretty mad about it. It's just unremarkable. It's, it's, not, it. it's not that, like... <laughs> I am because I didn't plan to see it. I didn't want to see it, and I did it anyway. I kind of made him see it. I hate it every second. You would think this movie had, like, killed a god. I yeah. mean, 
It was just, it was just, uh, you know, it was just, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess, unremarkable is the way to put it. I think it's more remarkable because of the news around it. Oh, sure, it's, I, like, it's a lot like Boyhood, where the and, movie and, is not and remarkable, every, and every but the production that, uh, is. Every second that I watched and I hated it, I was thinking about all the other bullshit that they could have used that, uh, all the political goodwill towards instead of fucking the interview. So yeah, that also inflicted. <laughs> So how about um, actual best picture? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, uh, I'll read the nominees while Lucio finds some uh, some pain relieving cream for his butthole. <laughs> let's see. Oh no, no, I'm not done yet. I still need to <laughs> So we have uh, for best picture, we have Whiplash, we have American Sniper, which is the story of a man who shoots people. We have American. We have Birdman, which is the story of a man who is a bird. Uh, we have the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I guess it's about a hotel. We have the uh, Imitation Game, which is about Benedict Cumberbatch's real life. We have Selma, which I I don't even know. I, um, did Oprah? You're, you're, you're kidding, right? That's a joke. Did Oprah make it? What does Oprah have to do with it? Oprah's in it. You you don't know what Selma's about. Oprah's in it. Do you not know? You don't know what Selma's about? I, oh, yeah, I Jay. Think, um, yeah. Please keep in what? mind. Please keep in mind. <laughs> Go ahead. We have keeping something in mind. We have four black people here in in the <laughs> state of Utah, and none of them have mentioned this to me. So, I I don't know. Right. What I, I what, oh. tell me about Selma. Okay, it's about it's about Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, it's about see, I know his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I know that one. Go ahead and finish the nominations. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, what else is there? The Theory of Everything in Boyhood. Is, is, All it, right. is it insulting that Selma got nominated there? Or, or like, do you think it really deserved Best Picture? Or do you think they just felt like they had to put it there? I, I, think, I, think, it, I think it deserves to be on Best Picture. I think that um, Abba Dudeme, who directed it, I think this is her first feature. I, might, I could be wrong. Um, you know, I think she should have been on the best director list. I don't know why she's not. Um, so someone should be up there. I I guess um, I guess it's more insulting that everyone's like, you know, yeah, but Selma got nominated. So that means we did our job in terms of nominating these films. And I think, but, you know, this is such a long issue. It's like such a deep set issue in the film industry. It's not something that you could solve with the Academy Awards. It's something that goes back to giving these movies the green light. And I think every year... Um, the um, award ceremonies and the Academy, they look for their one black film to latch onto. So, uh, you know, the year Precious came out, it was Precious. Then we had Fruitvale Station. So every every year they look for that one film. And it's quite intentional. I'm not, like, making it up. Like, every studio is looking for it. Every studio is like, what's my one black indie film that I can go ahead and make? Um, because I, I use it to my advantage. I'm like, hey, you guys can make mine. Here's my script. Go ahead and take a look at it. Um, but it's not an issue that can be solved as simply as getting more um, African-Americans or more minorities into the academy or more, more women into the academy. Uh, young women, not like uh, the older, richer sect that kind of holds on to it right now. Um, it's, it's an issue that goes back to the studios themselves and in terms of greenlighting these movies and in terms of making them and in terms of getting the screeners out and politicking them, uh, supporting them. You know, it's a it's a huge, deep issue. So yeah, so someone should be on Best Picture. 
Uh, it should probably be up for more nominations. There are other movies that should definitely be up for nomination. Like I think Beyond the Lights and Top Five could have afforded at least one category um, between them. So well, we'll have hashtags next year, so it won't be a problem. <laughs> right? Exactly. I do. Um, I, I actually do want to ask though, because Doug and I are exposed to uh, similar marketing and stuff. Did you Did you know about this movie? Am I just an asshole? I knew about it. I didn't. Did you know? But like you knew what it was about and stuff when I when well, I said it. I, I looked it up. I mean, I wouldn't have known without his, looking it up. Has a silhouette on it too. Yeah, the poster I, has a silhouette. I, I, so I, I, that's a definitely that's definitely a shaved head, which traditionally is for the black man. I sh- <laughs> I saw the the poster and I could infer what it was about, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure who. I don't know that I had seen the poster until just now, um, but I'm not. I'm not in the Cineplex very often, so which is where I feel like I would have seen a poster. Well, if you keep getting called a pedophile every time you go, yeah, I mean I, that's <laughs> the thing is, is I'm just well, see, it's see, and I guess that's your problem because if you went to Selma, someone would have walked into the theater and been like, "Oh, you have jungle fever." Here's a here's a <laughs> here's a fun tip for you guys if you enjoy movies: don't marry somebody who doesn't. Oh. oh. Because okay. it makes it really hard to to actually see them. Yeah, I can imagine. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I feel like we need to, we need some marriage counseling to happen right now. So we, if we could just solve that problem, that'd be it. Like that, just that one. Just just that one. Uh, okay. So I don't know if you guys can make her like movies. That'd be great. Well, we can work on it. I, I, and I see Michael hasn't shown up, so I think that means he's not going to show up. Michael, Michael will not uh, be attending, which is because prob- he hates movies, which too. is probably good because he saw <laughs> one movie. <laughs> and uh, he, I don't you know, see I that one guy that always keep talking about that only sees one movie a year. I imagine that that's something he would be proud of. Yeah, he said he only he only saw Inherent Vice and I think Pulp Fiction are the only movies he said he saw this year. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Probably again. So yeah, no, it I wasn't think, like the first time. I think he just watches Pulp Fiction once a year. <laughs> it's just ritual. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but he turns on all of the uh, all of the candles and gets a bottle of wine and watches Pulp Fiction. He just he just doesn't like to watch anything that's not like super chibi anime. Yeah, I got his dad. He likes his little anime girls and their short skirts. Yeah. Um, what's that one where the girl turns into a guy or the other way around? He likes that Ranma? one. Ranma. Ranma? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ranma. Ranma one and a half or whatever. That's that. He told me that was his favorite. I thought he said it was Inuyasha. Um, oh, and actually, I think he liked Polar Bear Cafe as well. Mm. That's, that's one, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that one? I think it is. Sure, why not? I remember not believing it was real. It's just about like a polar bear that runs a cafe. Is that real? Yeah, it is. There's 41 okay. episodes of it. Ah, well, there I you mean, go. I'm not even surprised. Well, you know what? One day we can have the anime cast just for Michael. The chibi anime cast just for him. So I'm sorry. We totally missed this. What What is winning Best Picture again? I, okay. So I, I wonder what I was supposed to win. The theory is that it's Birdman, right? Because it won uh, the other. I think it's going to be Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Jay, right. you groaned so, but you haven't even seen it. Uh, no, I, I didn't groan for. I said all right. I wanted to know. It's because it's wet. Once again, my my question once again to Aubrey is whether, um, 
she thinks it's going to be Birdman or she thinks it deserves to be Birdman. There's a difference. Well, I didn't see all of them. So I didn't see Boyhood and I didn't see American Sniper or The Invitation Game or Grand Budapest or Selma. So I haven't seen most, like a lot of them. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I mean, your choice, only choices are Birdman and Whiplash and then Boyhood. It's... I would say out of, out of the ones that I saw that are nominated, I would give, yes, I would give it to Birdman. But that's not saying much, I guess. It's not saying much. Was there anything in Birdman that was particularly striking? I mean, the, the cinematography, the unique, like, non-cut, uh, oh, fake non-cut uh, aesthetic is really interesting, but it, um, you know, after a while, it just sort of feels a little gimmicky to me. Um, yeah, oh, the sound was fantastic. It, it, the sound, this actually, and I know that there was a lot of controversy surrounding it because um, it wasn't nominated for Best Score. Um, and there's this live drum track that like follows the entire movie and it's astounding. And there is some kind of controversy as to why it wasn't able to be nominated. And the um, director tried multiple times to get them to like reconsider and they, he wouldn't, but it, it is one of the best scored movies in the history. Huh. of. Movies, well, I, I think, think just the sound in general, the entire movie, like, Maybe the theater I was in was really, really great, but like just, like like, just kind of the sound design, I just like, I just that. like the yeah, the, the, the fully work and the explosions mostly. But but yeah. no, I'll tell I'll tell you, I'll well, tell you why I get that. I'll tell you why I get that. And it's actually unrelated to movies. It's back to our video game shit. Uh, the game you just gave me to use, Evolve, um, which to describe this for our listeners and for Aubrey real quick, it's a, a movie where you play like monster hunters on an alien planet, and you're 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 hunting these massive creatures that take off of all sorts of thing like. Godzilla and HP Lovecraft and all this shit. And the sound design is like really, really bad. Like you would expect, you know, it's like just the most stale thing you would ever listen to. And you would expect for a game like that um, to have sound design where everything really just kind of like sounds different and unique and alien, but a bit kind of like recognizable animal creatures. Um, so I think, you know, it makes you pay attention to notice that sound design in these things, be it a movie or a video game, goes a long way. Um, and I don't know that even in American Sniper or The Grand Budapest, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not like the sound design is ever bad. The sound always kind of works. Uh, of all the movies I've seen, I think maybe Wild has the only consideration for any kind of real sound design, um, any kind of soundscape there. Um, so. Whiplash had a lot of drum sounds. <laughs> Yeah, well, so Birdman's drum bass too. So yeah, lots of drum drumming must be the theme of the year here. And 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 drums are African. So there you go. Oh, look at that full circle. Fun, All right, let's do a fun bonus without looking. Nobody look. What won Best Picture last year? Oh. Uh, yeah. I'm shitty. No, nope. nobody. No, I actually wow. watched all of the Oscars last year, and I do not remember. Because it's what it's the exact thing that 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 uh, that we're mad about. Oh wait, is it the Twelve Years of Slave? It's twelve. It's twelve years oh, of slave. Yeah, it was Twelve Years of Slave. Yeah, well, Twelve Years of Slave deserved it. You just got yeah, best I picture. Did. See? Yeah, I mean, I don't keep track of the Oscars, but I don't remember what <laughs> the system. Is enough for the you people. system is fair. You got one. Now go. <laughs> give it. Give it to a white man this time. Haven't we been held down enough? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have. I'm. Wait, I'm, Alejandro's I'm so sorry. Not white, I'm so sorry. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, so uh, let's see. Who can we? Is Teddy Schwartzman? He. That's American Sniper. I mean, so I. I so American Sniper's up there. I don't think I made white. my case for Bradley Cooper. 
I think, you know, we talked about how much of a dreamboat Seth Rogen is. So we actually skipped over the category that I wanted to talk the most about with American Sniper, which is Bradley Cooper's performance. Um, best picture. I don't know that it's a best picture type of movie. Um, I can, you know, I'm not on board with the criticism that it's like an overly patriotic film. I think it's just a film about a soldier. And yeah, I guess the... Um, I, the, I, the, I think if you, if you watch them. a Clint Eastwood movie and you're upset that it was patriotic, then you, <laughs> I, 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 think they did, I think they did a good job. You know, I, I guess Bradley Does Cooper, Bradley I Cooper guess, talk to a chair. Uh, no, no, Bradley Cooper does not talk to a chair. Um, I even I even Facebooked about this with how important social media, social media is. So I know all of you read it. I know all of you agree. Um, I said that it's funny because what I think of Seth Rogen's and Clint Eastwood's politics stands kind of um, directly the polar opposite to what I think of them as filmmakers. And I think Clint Eastwood's a pretty brilliant filmmaker. Um, and I think, you know, I know it's hard because, you know, we're always so engaged in how in people's personal lives and their politics, even if we don't fucking know them. Um, but for me, he's his, his skill as a filmmaker um, is just pretty, pretty great, I think. Um, and, and I can't say American Sniper is the kind of film I aspire to, like Grand Budapest is the kind of film I, I aspire to. Um, or even like Wild is the kind of film I aspire to. I think Wild is still is a bit more my kind of sensibilities as a filmmaker. Um, but I still think he made a very solid movie. And I think that, you know, Bradley Cooper especially does a great job of portraying this guy, Chris Kyle, in his personal life and how he's undergoing post-traumatic stress disorder and the trouble he has reintegrating with society and his family, um, you know. And I also think Bradley Cooper's the biggest dreamboat in Hollywood. Does the, I, have a, I have a serious question about this. I, I, yeah. do, I do too, but does, Lucio, does, go does first. the movie show like how he dies? Yeah, that's where I was. That's what I was going to ask too. Does it go to that um, point, or does it stop before then? It stops just before they get to the day that he dies. Um, they even show the veteran that he goes off with to to um, to the guy. I guess range. they were. What was it? Just a shooting range, right? It wasn't hunting. Yeah. It was like a shooting range. Yeah, they just went to a shooting range. And, so they should uh, they 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 showed the guy he's about to go with the, to the shooting range too, and then that's when they stop the film and they show the funeral. And I hear it's because it's tied up in all this legal stuff that they couldn't portray that part. I mean, it's so yeah. it's so recent. That movie uh, was probably even in development uh, when it happened. I think because wasn't it just like 2013 that he uh, yeah that he was killed. Yeah. So, and what a bummer, right? I mean, I, I think so. I think it was pretty recent. You come, yeah, you come back, and nothing probably cures your PTSD more than becoming did, super rich. He well, <laughs> but not only that, but it's like you know, this guy had a pretty full family. He, I mean, his his kill record is insane. It's something. It's something like two hundred unconfirmed, one hundred and sixty confirmed kills. Um, so it's like, or I guess 200 altogether, including unconfirmed, but it's like 160 confirmed kills. This guy does four tours. It's four tours. So like, he like, he survives all this shit. Um, you know, he, and, and he's gotta be crazy to keep doing that. He's gotta be crazy. And, and he's got a weird, like, I guess, I, I guess to put it this way, I don't really celebrate him and what he did, but I, I find him very interesting because it's just kind of, how do you go with that mindset? And he had this mindset that, um, you know, he's just protecting American soldiers. That's just what his mindset was. And he didn't see a problem with his kill record. So he was just kind of an interesting guy. Um, and I think that's the other thing about him. I think Brad Bradley Cooper really kind of nailed who he was. And I hear Bradley Cooper just sat down and watched hours of footage of this guy. 
But um, doesn't he hold like a fake baby in it? Like, didn't they like? Isn't there one scene where like the baby is a doll baby. and it's just really jarring? Yeah, That's, I, like I read that. I, I read a thing yeah. about that, and they were saying that like the the stunt baby or whatever couldn't show up that day, <laughs> and then and then like the backup baby wasn't available either. They're both hung over, and they only had two babies. Like, I don't understand how Clint Eastwood is like. Well, guess there's no more babies. Yeah, I, I think that's you just push that day to another. You push push that shoot to another day. That would instead of yeah getting it all. Just go out on the street and don't tell any like the guilds or whatever, and just find a baby. <laughs> just be like, just hey, a, <laughs> just wrap a cat in a blanket. You want your baby to be in a movie? Come on, shave <laughs> the cat, wrap it in a blanket. Same thing as a baby. I don't know. So I still what I had to say about American Sniper, but I would give it to Ground Budapest over Sniper. I guess I'll, right. I guess I'll have to watch it. I I generally like Wes Anderson, so I'll... I I really like the Grand Budapest, and my wife and I have like opposite. Like my wife is not a geek at all. She like tolerates my stuff, but um, <laughs> you know, to find a movie that we both really liked is rare, and this was one of those. And it was yeah. it was better than Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, yes, sure. We would say okay. Yeah, I think it was better than Moonrise Kingdom. I I think it's my favorite thing that Wes Anderson has done. Um, and yeah, I think really where good. the movie goes, like I won't spoil it if you guys intend to check it out. I think um, even even had I seen Grand Budapest around the same time I saw Inherent Vice, I probably would have made everyone watch Grand Budapest instead um, because I think this is right up all of your alleys. And I guess um, you know, I, Grand Budapest kind of starts in one place, like it's about a hotel and and its concierge that takes care of his customers and. All this stuff, but it goes places you kind of wouldn't expect just from that alone. Um, I'll give you a hint. At some point, Nazis come into it, or Nazi parallel, I'll call it. <laughs> yeah, they're not Nazis. Godwin, they're not Nazis. Godwin's they're not, Sla, like, the they're movie. like Nazi parallels. Is so, the hotel uh, in Budapest? Um, no, it's, it's called, called the Grand Budapest. Budapest. Well, it's it's in a fictitious... Well, I hate it already. Right, Central Europe nation. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a fictitious Europe nation. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, you know what it reminds really me of good. you guys, uh, you guys read the, uh, Tintin books when you were growing up. No, I think that's a, no. that's a very not American thing. So they had this, um, this fake like nation that they were supposed to like represent Croatia and all of the Serb countries called Sildavia. It's something like that. Like one of those weird fake, like, right. oh, somewhere in central Europe type of thing that they used to do back then. That's what it feels like. Well, Wes Anderson probably read Tintin then. So wait, is there no such thing as Budapest? Yeah, Budapest was made up too. <laughs> yeah, it was imagined from the get go. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, there well you go. I think we've. I think we've all those all the nominations now, right? Yeah. Yeah, is that's there... that's everything. That's the that's the Oscars, which will be on yeah. Sunday, the the twenty second, and you can tune in to see how right or wrong we are. Um, <laughs> And you can watch all those movies that we talked about. And 12 yeah, Years so, a Slave. And, and 12 <laughs> yeah. Years a Slave. Watch that I one again. Yeah. We, we, we should just nominate that one again, and then you'll take care of everything. Where's Her? Oh, Her was last year. Okay. Her was last year as well. Okay, fine. Um, 
So I, I think it's time to sign us out, Jarrett. I, I suppose thoughts. we should. So so thank you guys for, for coming out, and thank you for listening to this podcast. I guess if you want us to talk about movies again, let us know. Post on the site. So send us an email, something like that. Contact at enemyslime.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. We, we promise we'll talk about video games next week. There's, there's plenty. Look, you guys haven't heard about video games since November in this podcast. So we, we're really not doing anything different. We're just admitting it. Yeah, that's, that's true. Actually, we were very on topic today. So good job. <laughs> I want to I want to applaud everybody there. I want to make sure that we thank Aubrey for for joining us and continuing our continuing our ongoing tradition of only allowing female guests on the podcast. And Pete, oh, yeah, actually, pretty and, and well, Pete. We, we, we've had we've had female guests and Pete, but Pete came attached to a female guest. That's true. Came with Teresa. We only allowed so. him because because, because the, he promised would, yeah. a female would be here too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. It is appreciated. And My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Perfect. Yeah. Well, then come back next week and we'll talk about video games. Oh man. Oh yeah. We know you love that. <laughs> as long as as long as we talk about like NES games, like circa 1990, I'm totally in. Otherwise, you know what? Oh, we can do that. A, I think that's yeah, actually, actually that's a pretty good idea. idea. <laughs> well, no, I just beat Maniac Mansion actually the other day. It was oh, like, wow. yeah, you beat it. I, How the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah, I did. So, hard. Yeah, it is. You just but use a guide. Highly. Yeah, well, I I got a little bit of help, but I gotta say, a lot of it was, you know, I've been doing these escape the room things. It's a little bit similar. They're live though, so I think some of that knowledge came in handy. Came out of it for that. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so we might have to set that one up. Yeah, right. actually, that's the, what I'm gonna do. The, the retro cast. Yeah. Well, we're doing, we're doing Chrono Trigger in March, but I have a feeling that's probably not on Aubrey's list of, of favorite <laughs> games. So yeah, It might be a little too late. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll... Give me post-it. Okay, there you go. So, <laughs> thanks again for coming out, guys, and I think with that, we are out, right? I think we're out. So be it. All right, well...